Welcome to another episode of my loop syrup here. This is Dr. Shivani Kamodia Barto, and today I am bringing you a unique episode titled Three Stories, Three Women, Three Dentists. Now, today's episode will be unique because instead of a traditional interview, we will be sharing the stage with three of our wonderful colleagues who are dentists and authors. So, today you will hear from Dr. Sampada Deshpande, Dr. Paral Duomukher, and Dr. Yvette Weir. And these three have banded together as dentists and authors to share their experiences about writing as healthcare professionals. Each one of them brings a unique perspective to life around dentistry, and they hope for every listener to get immense value from listening to their journey. So if you've ever considered becoming an author, or if you've wondered what it's like to write a book while practicing dentistry, stick around and learn from these incredible women. Enjoy. My name is Sampada, and I went to University of Washington, graduated from UW in 2018, and prior to that, actually went to dental school in India as well. So I've been through dental school twice, which makes me, um, I guess, double of a dentist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 2018 grad, um, and been in practice for about four years now. Awesome. That is incredible. Went to dental school twice. And we'll talk more about that because I think it has much to do with your book. How about you, yeah. Parul? Hi, I'm Parul and uh, I went to dental school in Oklahoma, 20, 2003. Oh my gosh, it's been a long time, almost 20 years uh, in private practice. And so I practiced in Canada. So I have a dual country license. And then I moved to the States after I got married. Um, I did my uh, residency in New York and I just, I'm here with my kids, my husband. So yeah, and uh, that's a little bit about me. And I might be pronouncing your name wrong because I, <laughs> I just heard you pronounce it. And I say, I think I say Parol. And, and how do you pronounce it? Parol, it's, it's like Carol with a P, so. It's fine. <laughs> that's, that's what I need to hear, Carol. Gotcha. I got it. <laughs> yeah. And so you own your own practice, Sempata. Do you own your own? No, not yet. Okay. Is, is that what yeah. you're aspiring towards? Yeah, eventually. Maybe. Well, I, I don't want to put too many deadlines on myself. It just adds pressure. But yeah, maybe, maybe in a couple months or maybe in a few years. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. it feels right. Yeah. And, and you know, right. no skin off of anybody's back if you never own, actually. You know, sometimes it's just like a developmental thing where, you know, that's the next step. I, yeah. I had a, a favorite professor who had, I think it was said, and, and Dwight knows who this is, she never practiced. Um, she was the one, Dwight, I don't remember her name, but she was the really nice one. <laughs> she never practiced in private practice. She was in the school the entire time. That was her family. She was. She just remained in academia, and she was just a beautiful soul. And I remember her for that because there are so many other souls that are not quite so beautiful in the way they, <laughs> in the way they teach us. Exactly. And I, yeah, and I think this is the great profession, right? Like in that sense, you can choose a different avenue. You don't have to be the traditional business owner. You can be an associate and be fine with it. You can be an academia and be fine at it. Or you could do something non-clinical. 
exactly and and be okay and still have your degree work for you absolutely beauty of our profession tell us um the names of your books sam you go ahead yeah i can go ahead um the name of my book is persevering a complete guide to applications schools and work opportunities for foreign trained dentists I'm sorry. What, what, what was that after persevere? I have it in front of me, but it's a longer title. So go ahead again with after what, what comes after persevering? A complete guide to applications, schools, and work opportunities for foreign trained dentists in the United States. Gotcha. It's a long subtitle, but I felt like it just kind of makes it very clear who the audience is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Peril, how about you? And, and, and let me show the book. This is hers. All right. Yeah. And this is mine. Mm -hmm. It's called Life Interrupted, Dr. Dua's Survival Guide. Uh, this is written by my late brother as he battled oral cancer. He was a dentist himself in Canada. So um, while he was battling during COVID, during the isolation of um, all the procedures and um, he found writing as his outlet. So he wasn't alive to make it into a reality. I helped publish it posthumously and I wrote the foreword and the epilogue trying to put all his writings as one. So it's been my mission to help create an awareness for oral cancer because his was um, missed, not misdiagnosed, but um, late diagnosis because he was 30, when his symptoms started to appear and it was just not on the radar. And it's important for the community in general, not just us as dentists and dental professionals, but even as public should know that there are signs that we should be aware of, kind of like self-screen ourselves, know our bodies and know when to get in and push for a biopsy because the cost of not doing a biopsy in time is life and uh you know our family has paid that price yeah. so it's his work and uh, his legacy and i'm just kind of following it up gotcha gotcha yeah. um this evening as i was walking i thought about um three things three p's and i thought that maybe we could explore it um I thought about perseverance, which just happens to be the name of your book. <laughs> um, just because, um, guys, we got together because I suggested, and Dwight says, so sorry for your loss, Peril. Thank you. We are together as women in dentistry and as authors because I suggested that we, we take our, our books together and we market it as we connect with other dental um, entities in particular. My book, um, The Relationship Playbook for Women, is the book that can, that, that's the swing book. Their books are specifically about dentistry, but dentistry, medicine, chiropractic, law, it's all about relationships, right? So that's how I'm swinging back into them. But I thought that um, perseverance might be a thread that we all have experienced in either writing or in the story itself. Um, who wants to take that on? Not necessarily the one who has perseverance in her book, <laughs> in her book title. Um, Sampada, you can go first or um, Peril, which, whichever one, but that's, that's one theme that I wanna address. Um, how 
wherever you want to take perseverance. Yeah, I, I can go first on that. Um, so interesting story. Last week, I had a, a conversation. I always have this lunchtime call with my mentee. And she is an aspiring international dentist. And she has a very specific story. She has actually had a gap of 15 years from the time she went to dental school in India to the time she wants to kind of, you know, start off again. And it's amazing, her story, because um, she came here, you know, immigration is hard and she had to raise two kids. Um, and in that, you know, her dream kind of got left behind. And now she's finally kind of ready to put herself um, in the front again, which is so important. So explaining that gap to dental schools is so difficult, which is why I have been trying to help her as much as possible. Um, and it's what was interesting was that last week I was just having a really tough week. It was just a busy week. You know how you have like, you're like super overwhelmed with like everything, all these billion tasks running in your head. And then I spoke to her and like, boom, I had perspectives like, oh my God, you know, here's this person who is after like a 15 year gap trying to get into dental school and she's so motivated and she's actually persevering. And me, just because I've kind of come on the other side, I've totally lost perspective of it because I, I really, I remembered how tough it was and how even though you've been through dental school or, or you've accomplished this big hurdle, you're still persevering. I mean, you know, you probably started your practice, um, that you've, you've seen so many relationship um, struggles and you've kind of persevered through and through that. So it's not just your professional life, but your personal life has taught you so much and you've grown. So like dental school at the time just seems like this big thing that we all have to do. It's like all consuming, but there's so much more. And um, I think like that issue of perseverance, it kind of never stops. It just kind of keeps going. Right. Yeah. That gap of 15 years, it's almost like you could have started a family or... Yeah, or just whatever she was doing in between to get back in. I mean, yeah. I'm glad she has you because you, you almost need a coach to take you back through that. I, I find that very difficult. It's easier to say that you might have been a, an assistant, then you move to a hygiene position, and then now you decide that I'm going to start dental school. But yeah. she is restarting, and I yeah. think that's incredible. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's it's really courageous and you have to have like a supportive family and just a ton of like mentorship and like strong will to kind of push through that and just give it your best. And, and Dwight, yeah. Dwight says before I lose his thread, um, he says, I feel as doctors and healthcare providers, perseverance is a requirement because of what we have to do to obtain our education and then dealing with a science that has to handle individuals that are seeking your help and giving you their trust. It's very hard to deal with at times and perseverance is needed. And it's amazing that a person who wishes to start that all over again, right? Because some of us went straight through and, you know, just the thought of revisiting that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just the thought. Yeah. Farrell, how about you? Yeah, no, I resonate with a lot with what just Dwight, you know, wrote. 
um, definitely. And uh, my God, some of that, I mean, you yourself persevered. I mean, a lot of people give up after coming to another country. It's so many different changes, the way of life, the way of um, practicing everything and to go back to do this because this is what you want to do and support people. I mean, it, it takes a lot. Um, but perseverance to me was my brother because uh, even though he was younger than me, he still wrote, he still didn't give up knowing that he had a death sentence and he still persevered in his writings. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of become a guide to when I am down, um, you know, and life bogs you down. I have kids, I have a practice, I have a husband, I have all these other, you know, nuances of life. And then putting things in perspective, like you just said, Sam, like you're having such a bad day and then boom, somebody else comes along and you're like, oh my God, they can do it. I can do it too. And that kind of that mentorship that you get with a community, um, you know, it's so important. So we all have to persevere. Otherwise, then without perseverance, there's almost no goal to achieve to, no, nothing um, to work towards. Yes. You're working towards, you cannot give up. You kind of have to push through and get through and make it and make it happen. Yes. So, yeah. so that's amazing that he had pers perseverance, your brother, because he knew that there was not, um, there was not a light at the end of the tunnel. So your story is very unique and his story is unique because I, I think someone could have spent most of their time either trying to be in their own either healing stage or pity party or just right. giving up. But he chose to give to as opposed to giving up. And I think that's an incredible gift. Right. And that's with you too, right? You didn't give up on relationships. You found a way to make a good out of it. And I think that's so important to have that outlook. It's not have that pity party, like you said, is to push through like, okay, this happened. What can I learn from this? What can I do to help others? And, and still have the hope and persevere for that better. Well, yes, yesterday evening, I had this ladies night, this women's empowerment night. And one of the things I said was, we have to take control of our thoughts because our thoughts are the genesis of what later becomes our, our attitude and our actions. And I said, we have to get rid of ants and that's not my acronym. I just heard it from, and I can't remember who I heard it from, but we have to get rid of the automatic negative thoughts. Right. Mm. And so really, as I join you in the, in the concept of persevering, I'm thinking of, um, having to persevere beyond what life has dealt me. You know what I mean? And specifically as we talk about my relationships or my relationship <laughs> and moving forward and not allowing myself to be um, forever under the radar or oh, not under the radar, but forever squashed by not having a, 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 a good relationship or a good outcome but persevering in, I'm going to move beyond that. I'm going to move beyond those negative thoughts. And I'm going to think positive still. I told them, hey, I, I'm still a lover. You know, I'm still someone who is hopeful. And that is part of that whole perseverance with me. Here's what Dwight says about that. He says it's also a testament to his love of his profession as well as his strength and perseverance. Talking about your brother. 
Thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about passion. That's another thing that I thought runs through and is an interconnected thread for all of us. As we were writing, as you were writing, as I was writing my book, where does the role of passion play in your story? Yvette, why don't you go first this time? Ah! <laughs> okay, okay. I'll go first. So passion for me, I, I love, I've always been a reader. And um, at some point I said to myself, you know, I, could, I know I could write this stuff, you know. And at that time I was reading books to my kids. I'm like, I know I could write this, you know. But I've always been a strong reader and a very descriptive visual kind of writer. And at the end of my experience um, with my divorce and over the past year and a half or so, I said to myself, I'm not going to let my experience just be something that I alone internalized and I'm trying to get better with or triumph over. I am going to help other women. And the, the really interesting thing, Doc, Lady Docs, is that half of my readers are men right? Either they're curious or they're just like, hey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. I'll read this too. Um, but yeah, I, my passion was that this, this pain and this experience is not going to be in vain. And last night at my ladies event, the environment was so welcoming and supportive, I think, that at the end of my, my keynote presentation, I, I invited someone to come up and just kind of give their own personal summary based on what I had said. And a lady came up and she said, I need help. You know, I'm in a relationship. I want to get out. I need help. And can you help me? Not myself personally, but ladies, can you help me? And it was beautiful. All the advice and, and affirmation and everything that just kept pouring into her because it was a safe space she felt that she could share in the first place. And so my passion is towards people like her, who you need this book. I actually gifted her. I was selling books, you know, back of room sales. But for her, I gifted her my book because her story was so kind of sad and she needed so much the courage to make a decision, to make a change. And I felt good being around women like that, that I could say, hey, I have a tool. I have a resource. And so that's my passion. My passion is to find women who are just lost or don't have the courage and say, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. How about you guys? So for me, the passion has been on um, a personal, you know, this is professionally and personally. Yes. It's shooting for, you know, like I said, like early diagnosis, knowing signs and symptoms, educating not just dentists, but also other health professionals, mm -hmm. like your ENTs who are in the vicinity, um, allergists who are looking at stuff to notice these signs. And... Um, and make a movement. You know, I just don't want Manu's death, my brother's name, Manu, um, to be another statistic, another death that happened due to oral cancer, but more of a movement for a change in our perspective and our thinkings 
because oral cancer has been on a rise in the last few decades. It's oh, head and neck cancer is one of the most top, I think it's the sixth most common cause of cancer in the United States. And of which squamous cell carcinoma, 90% are squamous cell carcinomas, which is what my brother had. Mm -hmm. So why is it that we are in a developed country uh, and we have the resources that we have these high statistics, where is, where's the fault? Is it um, lack of education of people? Is it not getting the HPV vaccines? Is it, in my brother's case, it was a late diagnosis because Manu did not fit the traditional profile, you know, um, profile of somebody who, you see, he's not a chain smoker. He's not, he didn't have comorbidities. He didn't have any other, he was a rugby player. He played all sports. He was prime of his life. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's changing people's perspective that cancer is not an old person's disease. It happens more and more to our young and we are all, we are not indestructible, you know, our lives um, do have, or mortality is ever present, you know, death is always around the corner. We just have to be mindful of ourselves and seek the care that we need. And so I want to create this sense of movement for betterment um, and more cohesiveness for doctors to work together and not dismiss like if somebody, you know, we probably see our patients more often than let's say their primary care and they're coming to us every six months or they're getting a filling their course of treatment. They're seeing us every few weeks or, and you're, and it, listen to your patients. Um, they say like, Hey doc, you know, I have a cough. This has been not going away or I'm having trouble swallowing, you know, kind of listen to the signs, give them those proper referrals and send them for those checkups and biopsies if need be. So that's been my passion. Maybe I couldn't save my brother's life, but I could save another. And Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's mine. Wonderful. Simpata. Yeah. I actually want to give a little shout out to the podcast that um, Carl has been developing over the last few weeks or months. And uh, I believe the first episode came out. Did the second one also come out? It's coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? What was that? A shout out to? Her podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's called We're jumping on your podcast next. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's called Life Interrupted. And it, um, every episode is with someone who, is, who, who has a relationship with Manu in some way or okay. has a relationship with, with Pearl and um, they just go deep into, into different, different aspects of his life. The, the first episode was very enlightening because I mean, being a healthcare provider, I actually did not know the concentration of radon that it, it's so high in, in Calgary, which is where, where you guys grew up, right? Right, right. And um, so many things because my, my husband and I are currently looking for houses and uh, one of the things that comes up is these inspections. Um, you know, when, when you look into like getting, like reading disclosures of homes and all of these gases. So I was discussing with my husband that, oh, we need to do a detailed report of the house that we end up buying because uh, this, this can be so, so scary. Um, but yeah, if, if you haven't heard the podcast, please do. Thank you. Yeah. And 
And yeah. Sampata has been a great sponsor for the podcast. So yes, <laughs> thank um, you for that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it compliments the book. And tomorrow's the new episode where I talk to somebody who lost an, also another dentist who lost uh, her younger sibling and only sibling to cancer, but not oral cancer, a different form of cancer in mm-hmm. Calgary. Mm-hmm. So it's a very special podcast. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so passion, Sampata. We were talking yeah. about passion. Um, so I actually started writing, um, just kind of journaling. A couple of years ago, it was like the end of 2019. Um, and really the reason why I started writing was because I was in an associateship that I was absolutely not happy in. Um, I was you know, doing all the right things, like making good money. I was very, very busy. My schedule was very busy, um, but I was just not happy. I was tired. I felt very disillusioned with dentistry. Um, it, it didn't help the fact that it was a corporate practice, but I feel like even if it was any other kind of practice, I would have just as, you know, just been as disillusioned. Um, and really the only option that I saw at that time was I need to learn how to figure out what's happening in my mind. Because for me, I had chosen the career, this career twice. Like this is the second time I'd invested exactly. time and effort and money to go into this profession. And I was still not kind of happy. So I started writing. And while I was writing, I actually remembered just that journey of coming to the US, um, giving interviews at so many different schools, and that journey of persevering just kept coming back to me. And I really enjoyed that. Um, and it, it kind of reminded me of why I went into this profession, uh, what my purpose really was. Um, and uh, I ended up just writing uh, chapters of my book. <laughs> I, it wasn't planned to be a book at that time. It was just that process was, it just helped me. It helped me go through that, that associateship, basically. And it helped me make decisions about what the next stage of my career should be. Um, and while I was midway through that, looking back at all of the stuff I'd collected in writing, I realized that this could be something that could help someone else. Because truthfully, when you're applying to international programs uh, in North America, there's, there's a lot of resources available, but everything is very scattered. It's not very simplistic. It's not, you know, organized in one specific, um, you know, book or online course. So it ends up just being this small community of people hanging out on student doctor network or Facebook and just asking each other questions, DMing each other questions. And it's really not a fun way to be applying into this super expensive and competitive program. So um, I think my passion just became, um, I wanted there to be something very organized for someone who was getting into um, dental school for the second time in North America. It needs to be straightforward for them because it's a pretty big decision. And if they don't have all of the information, they don't really know what they're getting into. Um, so I think that was, that was kind of the reasoning behind uh, why I, persevere through the book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. and I want to show the books again Life Interrupted is with um, Parole and Persevering is Sampata's book and um, 
Dwight says, wow, another demonstration of how a dentist is finding a creative and effective way to help others. I think he had said more, but I don't see that anymore. Like I said, he is also um, a dentist. He is an author. He is coming out. His manuscript was sent to me. Um, I plan to read it, Dwight, and he's going to be on the lineup soon. So I think this is wonderful to find more of us stepping away from clinical and actually investing in something else. Even though um, I think for all three of us, it was a really strong motivation for getting into the writing of our book. Before I get to the third theme, which is um, the purpose, what is our sense of purpose with our book? And we probably have kind of touched on it a little bit, especially you, Pearl, that I sense this is a legacy that now you are going to continue to carry a torch that you're going to continue to carry. Um, but speak for yourself, you know, and both of you tell me, um, because people write, and I'd be very curious and you can mention this also, is this a one and done for you guys? Or do you see yourself involved more in the creative process, whether a sequel or maybe something different altogether? But what is, what is now your purpose? when you were writing the book or right now? So for me, I don't think this was ever my intention. This was not what I had planned or envisioned. Um, you know, if you had asked me when I was in dental school, like I'd be doing this, you know, almost 20 years out writing the story and talking to the world. This just was not uh, my intention or my purpose to begin with. But, and the writing too. And I think, you know, like in Sam's case, she felt writing is a creative outlet to focus her energy and her thoughts when she found herself in a position that she wasn't happy in. Um, you know, and for me, honestly, I found writing as a therapy yeah. because I had already discussed, Manu wanted this book published. It, you know, we had established that, we had a publisher in mind, everything was done. And he wasn't in a rush because he really thought he had time on his hands. So when yeah. he passed, you know, I was in his laptop. I was without my kids planning his funeral and the words just floated. I took his laptop, read his words, and I started writing the epilogue and the forward. And it just kind of came through and it was type of therapy. It was an outlet of grief. And, and I wanted the world to know that this was not just, you know, like I've said, it's not just another death and it's not another 34 year old. This was somebody who mattered. It was very special. He had aspirations and he had so much to give because he would volunteer his time. He would do um, for the homeless shelter. He would go do mission trips and he was a well-loved member. There was more to him than the disease that took him. Mm -hmm. And, and that's been my purpose is it's just, to, you know, you're right. It's like this was his legacy that he left behind, his words. And, you know, I told in the book, I wrote in the book that his journey is not over. His battle is over, you know, but his journey has, it lives through his words. And I hope to continue as much as I can um, to get his message across. And he was happy with, and he wrote this in his book too. He's like, whether somebody reads my words or not, I'm happy, my soul is happy, I found the peace and serenity in my mind, which is sometimes very hard 
to accept and and say when you're at that age, when you're just still finding your footing and you're figuring out life for yourself and now you're dealing with death. So, you know, I have learned from him and I still read his words and I learn from them. And my purpose is just to spread his word and his message and create a difference. Awesome, awesome. How about you, Sampada? Um, I think I'm still figuring out my purpose. Um, and that's okay. I'm still, I'm still exploring. Um, I don't know at this time if I will come up with the second edition of the book. I do know that I want to write more. Um, I'm already working on a second book. It's completely unrelated. Well, in a way it is related. It is about dentistry. Um, but it's about a project that's very near and dear to my heart, which is special care dentistry. So for patients with intellectual and developmental disabilities, that's actually what, um, you know, when I was having that tough associateship and I was realizing that I'm not enjoying dentistry, um, that's the one thing that I was enjoying. Uh, and I knew I wanted to dedicate my clinical efforts towards that specific field. So that's kind of the, the, the thing that came out of that disillusionment phase, which was very, very good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, um, I wanted to share actually something I read a couple of months ago, which is just to leave something behind um, for people to either read or experience when you're gone. And um, I think all of us are doing that in some way. And for anybody listening, it's just something so, it, it can make you think of things from like this 10 foot view, like, okay, let me leave behind something important that my kids or, you know, dental schools or whoever, you know, will, will enjoy it and will learn from it. So um, I think that's, that's one part of my purpose. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's okay if that purpose is still developing, you know, yeah. I think, especially for Pearl, hers is kind of a little bit more clear cut because, you know, she's literally taking up where he left off and, and, and somebody has to take up. So that's almost like a built in purpose. And she seems to have taken the mantle and she's running with it, you know, and, um, and it's okay to be in, in development stage, just, you know, what your purpose is with your writing or with your particular book. Let's see what Dwight says. He says, it's okay. Yeah. The same thing I'm saying. He says, it's okay. If you're still finding, it's very rare that a person finds their God given purpose What's important is that you operate in that purpose and you'll be successful in whatever you do. Thank you for sharing that, Dwight. Um, Yeah, and I'll piggyback on what you said. The ability to leave something behind, or I I think those were the words you said, right, Sampata? Leave something, or what was, it was two things that you mentioned. It was to leave something behind, um, either something to read or experience. Gotcha. um, Which will remain when you are gone. Right. Basically. right. Yeah. And, and why do you think most people don't tend to move from that place? Because it sounds so altruistic, but I don't think most people do that. I don't think most people have that mindset. No, they don't. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to 
quote my brother here? Yes. From his chapter on mortality? Yeah. I'm just going to read a little snippet, which really summarizes what Sapada has been talking about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I think we're all doing our part in it. And what, I really... What page uh, are you on? 38. Oh, okay. Okay. So... Now, I'm going to start here. By providing thoughts and ideas that we hope to outlive us, we can work towards creating our own solution for our mortality. The solution is that in creating something of value that will outlast us, we will, in essence, take the first step of immortality. That alone is our only hedge against the fear of mortality. Our lives may come and go, but our ideas will remain immortal. And therefore, in essence, the soul behind our work remains eternal. So seek not to fear your own mortality, but rather embrace the challenge to create something that will outlive your fears and wildest imagination, such that you may be able to provide service years after you have dearly departed. Live with the strength that is not only impossible, but quite tangible, if you simply let go of fears that will not, will not serve us any purpose in this life or the next. And that's exactly what she's saying. Exactly. And what we're doing is to create a sense of legacy behind of words, right? That remember, yeah. that the world remembers. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah. again, I found his book. This is Life Interrupted, and we're speaking with two other docs who have written. Dwight, thanks for loving that. I find him to just be so incredibly wise for his age and for the fact that as a doctor, a lot of times we are looking to just acquire we're looking to just build 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 for ourselves and he was at you know when you read his book that you have you know helped to co-author he's such a gentle wise sage was he always that way or did you see this evolution happen in the last few months of his life so he was definitely we had a big age gap but he was definitely wiser um than his age. Um, and I've read stuff that he's written when he was a teenager, that when he had moved to Canada, he was in his early teens, uh, or he had just turned 13, actually. And, you know, I'm remembering, uh, just looking back, I'm like, he wrote this when he was 13? It's just unbelievable. So I think he always had that old soul. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. Um, this doesn't come naturally. I don't think this is a very natural 33-year-old process. Uh, I definitely wasn't thinking these terms of this way. And I think he reached a state of nirvana or a state of, um, he separated mind and body. And he kind of looked at his, he stepped out of his body and looked at what was happening um, without fearing the pain and really understanding what life was all about. And that's what he writes. So I think it was cancer that really put him on this, refocused his energy. And I think that's with anything, right? When we face a challenge in our lives and we've all had our unique challenges, you know, going through a divorce is not easy, especially when you have children going, coming to another country and going back to school again, when all of your other colleagues are earning money and here you are applying and not getting in and still pushing through it's it's not easy and um so we all go through these challenges and then it puts things in perspective it puts things back to what's important what's really what should i be chasing should i be chasing after what makes you happy internally right and sometimes that lesson 
is learned a little too late. We're so busy chasing the shiny objects. Yes, yes. And, and in that chase, we forget why we're chasing it in the first place. Is it to make Mr. Smith happy down the road? Or is it to make you happy? And if it makes you happy, then go for it. But if it's for somebody else who's, you're never gonna make anybody happy. Everybody, you can't make all the people happy all the time. <laughs> so yeah. the most important person is yourself and realizing, you know, if you need a change in direction, a change in relation status in your case, or a change in, um, you know, where you're doing with your associateship and your new um, residency that's upcoming to what you wanna do and what brings you joy. And I think that's the focus that we need to get back to is finding that internal joy and leaving some sort of good behind to change the world better. And, and I don't know if his mortality gave him a hard stop or a hard, um, gave him a chance to have a hard look at that. However, um, Dwight says um, he believes that we're all, we all have a purpose while we're here and God gives us time to do it. I think we all have a purpose. We don't always find it, right? God has given us all a purpose. So he says he was on a path that no one but God knew and he was demonstrating his wisdom early to make his mark on society and life. I, I really feel that, um, as they say, the, what is it now? The most important time of our life was when we were born, of course, you know, we came into the world and then the second is when we find out why you know, what our, what our real purpose is. So let me tell you before I move on to you, Simpad, um, Life Interrupted again is, is um, her book, her, his book. I mean, how do you, how do you describe it as his book or your book or yeah, how? It's his book and I just helped finish it. Okay. Okay. It is his, yeah. That's why I didn't even put my name on the front cover. I'm on the inside. I'm like his little helper. That's <laughs> all wonderful. Him. So, um, just to give you an idea of what the contents are, and I'm sure this is on Amazon as well, correct? Yes, I think okay. all our books are on Amazon, yeah. So he, the way it's arranged, it is um, different things like on hope. I feel like he's giving, um, what's the word, kind of like his thoughts and his his wisdom on various um, various subjects and topics, Dwight. And so here are just a few of them on losing money, on fear, on failure, on suffering, on trophies. I think I might have um, written some kind of highlighted some things in that trophies. And then he has this random one in here on puppies. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> what was that all about? He puppies. loved his dog. And I think, uh, you know, Dog, any pet is just unconditional love. And he talks about that unconditional love without um, anything in return that you don't get from humans sometimes. That's what he talks about. And what he found, like, he could have whatever day you have, and then this dog's there for you, giving it all its love and makes you feel better. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's that unconditional that. love. Somebody give me a time check because I don't have my laptop with me, so I literally don't know. I think we're about, yeah, 10 minutes to nine. Yeah. We are getting ready to wrap up then. Okay, so with persevering, Sampata, do you want to uh, just tell us how that is organized, how you've organized your book? Yeah, it's split in three sections. The first is about just applications, how to get yourself ready to go to dental school, whether it's 
preparing for interviews or just getting all of your exams written, how to go about preparing for those, studying for those. Um, so that's the first section. The second is on all the schools that are available in North America, what their requirements are. And I've also included, some are anonymous, but interviews from uh, students or alumni who went to those schools and what they thought of it. Um, what were you know some of the best parts of that school. Uh, and the last one is work opportunities, which I feel is something that not a lot of people consider before moving um, to the United States or to Canada, because there's this whole visa and um, immigration point, which uh, makes it harder for people to find the associateships that they want. Um, and they, a lot of people expect that you know, the quality of life and the pay is going to be so much more higher in North America. It's not always the case, actually. Sometimes, you know, you would be better off just being where you are, whichever part of the world you're in, um, not necessarily coming here, you know, would solve all of your problems. Uh, so I read about that as well, about, you know, how difficult it can be to get a, a visa, a green card, and what work you have available to you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And where can you find where can we find persevering? It's on Amazon. It's on Amazon as well. Yep. And and I I would love I don't know I have a love hate affair now with Amazon because Amazon kicked me off their platform. So you cannot find the relationship playbook for women on um, Amazon. You can find it on Etsy. Etsy. Um, wrapping up, I want to ask. Um, it's an exciting thing to birth. A book and to actually have it in print. So, Pata, I saw you with an awesome picture, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to steal that picture. I'm going to do something like that myself." Oh, and we have a, we have a buyer right now. He's not. I don't know whose book he's buying, and I don't mm -hmm. have a picture of my book, but I love love it when people are watching and they say, "Listen, I'm going to go support right away," and he's good for doing that. <laughs> um, but. The picture, Sampata, that you had, you had several of your books and you were sitting and just kind of holding it like that, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a cool picture because um, there are just so many ways that you can display your book and promote your book. You know, there is a, a theory that says um, ABP. Do you guys know what that stands for? No. Always be promoting. Okay. No. <laughs> Don't be shy about that. If you have something that is a strong message and you guys have spoken, I, I know you have perseverance. Um, one person has perseverance in her, in the title of her book. I know you have passion and I know you have a purpose, a sense of purpose. So please don't hesitate to always be promoting because we have something wonderful out there that the world needs to hear. Um, oh, you already have mine? Okay, great, fine. <laughs> um, what has been your most um, exciting um, exciting thing to date of your book? Like, um, for you, Sampata, I know that probably organizations, schools might be purchasing your book. 
So I don't know if you've had anybody purchase like a lot of your books. Um, I don't know if you've had a book signing that you might say, oh, that was the most exciting thing that has happened so far. Tell us in a really brief nutshell, because we do want to end by nine, what's been the most exciting thing so far about your books, ladies? Um, for me, it's very simple. It's actually just being invited to speak at my dental school in India um, nice. to all the students um, at the school. And they were so, so, so sweet and so intelligent. They had so many questions. And um, I met my dean, I mean, virtually, of course, in the Zoom world, but I met my dean and so many of my uh, teachers who were so proud of me. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so nice to um, meet with faculty who have a connection with you. And when you see how proud they are of you, it really it makes you feel um, just on cloud nine. So that was the, the most special um, aspect of this whole process, actually. That was the best. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, that is a good idea for her to go to dental schools. We want to collab and, and make it to dental schools. And so, Dwight, if you have any connections with Howard, please let me know because uh, I wasn't able to get in touch with the dean. We definitely wanted to come in together to schools and to be speaking. Um, so, Parole, what, is, what has been your most exciting to date? So for me, it's this book was featured by the Canadian Dental Association and uh, in their uh, magazine, as well as an interview with Dr. Kathy Hung uh, for the American Dental Association. So both associations acknowledging and giving this book the, uh, the light and the, you know, the acknowledgement that it deserves. So that's been great. And then we did do a book signing um, last week, and that no. was... Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, you did? Okay. Yep. We did a book signing with um, my parents there, and it was marking his one-year death anniversary. So that yeah. was really so, nice. So it's been, it's been an amazing journey. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, we are wrapping up. A one-hour pass is like that. There's never enough time. But never. you guys have been awesome. And it, it is a more uh, maybe specialized um, right connection today, but I still hope that it's going to bless several people. I, I definitely feel Life Interrupted especially can offer a lot, just a lot of wisdom from somebody who knew that they weren't going to make it at, at, and at the same time wanted to leave something behind. And thank you so much, Dwight, for purchasing both books. That's awesome. Uh, that's and persevering, amazing. if you are anywhere dental related, um, and you know, you know, I got this because ever so often I do run into people who are doctors that are assisting me. Not very often, um, but ever so often. But as I told the ladies yesterday, I am a supporter. I am not an admirer. An admirer just looks on and they're like, oh, okay, I see you, I see you. Cool, cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> congratulations. And I, I want to do more than that. I want to do more than that, just in general. So my wealth is investing in people. My wealth is building up, encouraging, and pushing people beyond the walls. Yeah. <laughs> and this is about to this is about to leave my head right now. <laughs> I'm getting too excited. Yeah, that's my purpose, you know, to really push people beyond the wall of whatever their resistance is and getting them over into success. That's part of the reason why. I have the right connection 
every Sunday. So if you know other authors, feel free to send them my way. We have a jolly time just having just a, just a warm conversation, deep diving into, you know, what your motivators are, what really drives you. We mentioned your book several times. And if we have Dwight hanging around here, <laughs> I love having him here because he chats back with us really nice. And I'm always, you know, excited to see his, his, um, his comments. Um, then we know we have some buyers. And again, no pressure on you, Dwight, to buy every single Sunday. But <laughs> truly, he's a bibliophile. Truly, he is somebody that enjoys this program and enjoys supporting as much as I enjoy bringing people on and having people, you know, just share share their their what motivates them yeah it was a great sunday like speaking with both of you it was super nice super nice to always think back to you know what got you started uh, in writing so thank i'm, you. I'm sorry thank say you that for inviting what got you started uh writing it oh is that a question for me um sure you can answer that i just meant oh. that oh uh, both like just being here and talking about our books was very, very nice. I'm sorry, you're a little bit low. So it sounded as if it was a question, but I think you were making a statement. Correct. I was making a statement. Okay. Yeah. Well, ladies, I'm going to let you go. I know you guys have busy lives. Thank you for coming on. We will see each Thank other you. in a week's time. I think this was wonderful because what I might not have said to everyone on, we're all going to be on a podcast in a week and a half. So this has almost been just kind of like a dry run, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. We're yep. looking forward to that. And, and so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Now, just in parting, this is something that I ask all my guests uh, just to pay it forward. You've had an opportunity to come on and um, books have been bought already. And so I appreciate it if at some point you would come back on and, and also be like Dwight, where you're here for another guest. You know, Absolutely. you can listen to my story, you can watch my story. I usually um, share who the, the, who the right connection guest is gonna be on late Saturday night or Sunday. And it's usually at six. It's eight o'clock tonight, and it was eight o'clock last week to facilitate somebody who needed a later time. But in general, you can kind of look out for it at six. Put it on, be cooking your dinner, be driving, whatever you're doing. Um, but at least at some point, check it out again yourself. As, not as a guest, but just as a participant. We'd love to have you on in that way. Sounds great. We'll do. All right. Thank you, ladies. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.